What is up, everybody? Welcome to the first ever Sports Gambling Weekly Picks podcast. I am Steve, the cash cow, Carl Berg, along with my partner in picks, Justin Double Down, daily. Double Down, how are we feeling today? Steve, I feel great. I feel genuinely excited. It's the middle of the week. We got college football starting this weekend, NFL next weekend, and the summer is coming to an end, which I think is a great thing. Yeah, my dick is hard as a rock right now. I'm I'm so ready for football and just getting back on the gambling horse. I've been betting way too much baseball lately, so I was was betting baseball. It was fine until about the All Star break, and since then, the good teams I think have separated from the terrible teams, and it's impossible to bet baseball. I was just handed over hundreds and hundreds the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I've been betting on the Red Sox every week, so yeah, they go through I'm a ready for streak, something new, <laughs> and it can t- it can be tough. So yeah, I'm excited for football. I'm ready to go. We're starting up this podcast this year. Um, basically, what we plan on bringing you guys is a breakdown of the top games and kind of the most interesting games on the slate each week. Um, you know, it's this our first episode right here for college football. Um, we're hoping to give out picks. We're going to be taking picks on every game we talk about and tracking how we do throughout the season. So we can see where the money's lying at the end of the day and who's giving out free cash and who's not. Um, so hopefully you guys can appreciate what we're, what we're giving out and uh, hopefully we start picking some winners. I think all the listeners should be ready to make a ton of money. Um, <laughs> so going into this weekend, how do you feel, Steve, about the first week of college football? Um, first week's tough, man. You know, it's tough, obviously, going into week one. A lot's changed. Uh, it's hard to get a read on a team. I'm more of a second-half kind of guy, but you know, I'm not going to be a pussy about it. I'm still kind of going to try to give as many picks as I can. So, you know, let's go right into it. So, the first game on our slate is Thursday at 8.30. Oh, Thursday at 7, sorry. UCF versus UConn at UConn. The line opened at 16.5, and, and right now it's 23 for plus 23 for UConn. So for those who don't know, this is a civil conflict bowl um, <laughs> invented by UConn. They d- currently don't have a rival, so they tried to make UCF their rival uh, back in 2014. And they actually beat UCF the only time they've ever done it. And um, since then, UCF has won every year, but they don't recognize the rivalry and they left the trophy on the field the last three years. So uh, definitely a lot at stake for UConn. Yeah, I believe um, U- UConn has a countdown clock in their locker room for this game. At least I saw that a couple years ago. So this thing could have been running all preseason, this countdown clock. Really yep, getting so it going. U- UConn definitely takes it a little bit more seriously, which, you know, personally, I think UConn might have the edge there. But uh, UCF is coming off a national championship. <laughs> did you did you see that um, the NCAA actually recognized it yeah, the other day? Yeah, they're the national champs. So the first ever national champions to um, never win the national championship. They, they so. won and they didn't play in the game, which is, I mean, try and beat that. Yeah, you don't see that every day. But um, uh, UCF is returning Mackenzie Milton, and he kind of has a fat cock. He's thrown for 4,000 yards last year, 600 yards rushing ATDs. Um, there's not much going for UConn, but my pick for this one, just based off of the Civil Conflict Bullet himself is UConn plus 23 and a half. I mean, the line opened at 16 and a half, which kind of scares me. I think that shows uh, how many people really went with UCF. But, you know, I, I think UConn has a stake in this game. They got something to play for. So uh, I'm going to go with UConn in this one. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of points at home, obviously. Um, I don't know. I think it's, it's just there's so much more skill on the UCF side. 
Um, the defense is going to be a little bit lax from last year. They caught, they lost a couple plays of their secondary to the NFL. Um, but I mean, UConn was just terrible last year. I'm looking at says hundred. <laughs> I mean, hundred thirtieth in pass defense last season, and they're returning two starters this year. So they're scrapping it and trying to restart. And you're going to get this kid Mackenzie Milton right off the bat. I remember watching him like he's like. He went back and forth in that game with USF last year with Quentin Flowers. It was like the wildest thing I'd ever watched, I think, in college football. They just went drive for drive for the whole fourth quarter. So it's just I don't see how UConn's going to stop them yeah. at all. And I'm uh, not arguing that UCF has all the talent, right, right, but the I points. think UConn just has something to play with. And they covered last year right. in the same game at UCF. So, I mean, what, what else? What more do you need there to have to take UConn? What's, what's your side on this one? I'm going to take UCF. I hate – I mean – Road favorites like that, and the way the line moved, tells everything about it says it's a sucker bet. It's an easy bet, but college football twenty three is like it's still not a big number in my mind. I mean, you, an offense like that can just run away. I think I don't know, man. Well, I, think it's I guess offense. we're gonna have to disagree on this one, but I will take the Huskies all day, every day. This this is potential lock of the week right here. Um, <laughs> but I guess I guess we'll move on from that one. So. Up next on our slate is a real bruiser game. We got also Thursday, 7 p.m., Northwestern at Purdue. Purdue is minus three. Um, so Northwestern ended last year on an eight you know, uh, run after going two and three. They lost their running back, Justin Jackson, who is currently on the Chargers. But um, their QB, Clayton Thorson, had ACL surgery last year, so he didn't really play that much. I'm ready for having, ready for him to have a strong comeback, but the only thing that really scares me is that Jeff Brom is the coach at Purdue. Right. Right. He's a he's a crazy person. Yeah. So those of you who don't know about Jeff Brom, he's the guy in the XFL who basically got his head knocked off and then came back after getting taken out on an ambulance. And he played. Came the back next the next week. game in the in the uh, the neck yeah, yeah the neck brace when he came back from being hit. No, he he came back the night of in a right, neck brace in a neck after brace, getting right. taken away and then an he ambulance. played the next like, week. week. The guy went to the fucking hospital. That was a lawless league. There was no, <laughs> there was no protocol. Was no yeah, it's, it's not not quite the Big Ten, um, but I still respect the hell out of Jeff Brom. It's hard to go against him. But um, overall, I just think Northwestern's a much better team, as long as Thorson's fine. I mean, in all the reports, it's saying that he's, he's okay and he looks good in practice. So if I had to choose a side here, I guess I'd go with Northwestern plus three. Uh, I'll, t- I'll take the points there, too. Uh, what do you think about that double down? Um, I think this is a classic Big Ten game. Um, I think this game, I know it's a Thursday night game, but if, it just feels like one of them that should start at like noon on like a cold Saturday. It's like you turn your TV on, it's the first game you see. You're like, oh, all right, football's starting. But um, I don't know. I, I like I like Northwestern. It says they're 10-1 and one against their spread, against the spread in the last four years playing in the conference against Big Ten opponents. So they obviously have a good track record. Um it's interesting, though. You move on from a star running back. I think anytime that happens, and a lot of momentum at the end of the year, it's just I feel like it's a it's kind of a perfect storm for a team um, under underachieving. Um, yeah, and they didn't they didn't start off too hot last year, which kind of makes me nervous. Obviously, going two and three, but um, overall, I think they have much more talent than Purdue. I I don't know about you, but I think Northwestern's the pick here. All right. Well, I think I'm gonna take. I don't think I'm gonna touch a side. I like to touch totals. Um, so just going forward on some <laughs> of these games. Pussy. I mean, I'll give out totals. I think it's a different part of the game to watch. 
I think it's just as fun to it can be just as fun to watch as the back and forth. But like Northwestern Purdue, I don't have a side, I don't have a heart, so I'm not gonna try to pick one. The line for the total opened at fifty one and a half. That's about what it's at. It hasn't moved. I'll take that. I'll take the under. I'll, I'll just watch them run the football. Oh, yeah, all that's, day. that's a ton of fun. You're, right. you're talking about having fun betting, and we're talking about taking the under of the, the second I game of talk, the year. We're, yeah, we're talking about. We, I I agree, it's a boring bet, but I think uh, I think it's a safe one. That game you turn on in the second quarter, you're like, oh, it's seven to nothing. No surprise there. Like it's just they're gonna run. They're gonna run it all the time. Um, if one team's up like twenty-one to seven and they get the ball, they're just gonna milk it for like nine and a half minutes or something crazy. So I'll take the under. I'm gonna stand by that bet. I really like that one. I don't know. That's a little soft for my taste, but uh, I guess we'll have to keep going here. That's fine. All right. Next up, going into the next day. Now we're on Friday night. We have San Diego State visiting Stanford. Um, big story here is that both running backs are gone. Or excuse me, Rashad Penny's gone for San Diego State. Bryce Love is not gone for Stanford. <laughs> Definitely not gone. <laughs> right, excuse me. Big difference there. Um, let's look at the line here. We got Stanford open at 14 and a half, and it's not really moved. It's at 14 just about everywhere. So a lot of points at home. Stanford looks like they're returning their whole old line, which is pretty impressive uh, with you know with Bryce Love behind there, San Diego State's known for their defense. Last year they let let up 132 rush yards a game. Um, obviously very impressive. Um, so it's going to be a little bit of can Bryce Love outrun him, and it's going to be a little bit of if the quarterback can do anything for Stanford. They switched quarterbacks in the middle of the uh, year last year. This kid KJ Costello came in for them. He threw 14 touchdowns and four picks about halfway through the year coming into the second half. So he's going to start it off this year, gets to have his own team, you know, probably making that transition to a leadership role. Um, I think it's an interesting one. What do you think about Stanford getting 14 points, though, in this one? There, I don't like it. Um, it's a lot. San Diego it just feels State, like a lot. They're a, San Diego State's a respectable team. San Diego State won last year, too, is what mm-hmm. no, one, no one's really talking about in San Diego. They won 20-17. to 17. I just think early on Stanford's getting a lot of love just because – of no pun intended, Bryce Love. Just, right. He's just one of the names that every candidate is shiny. He's the only thing that can yeah. be shiny in the preseason about a team. Something like yeah, that. The Heisman. He's candidate. one of the only guys that everybody knows heading into college football. So I think they're getting way too much with fourteen and a half, especially with this being like a semi rivalry game. Um, I think San Diego State is a pretty good football team. They, they're they've been good for consecutive years now. So I think that's just too many points to lay if you're Stanford fourteen and a half. So. I mean, I don't think San Diego State's necessarily going to march into Stanford and take the win, but I think they can definitely cover that 14-and-a-half. Right, right. And the other thing is that, you know, they, they rely – exactly. They play the run game on both sides of the ball. They stop the run and they rush the ball. And they're actually replacing this kid, Penny, with someone who's not bad at all, Jawan Washington. He played – he had a pretty big – you know, pretty decent-sized role for them last year. And um, everything that I was reading, expecting him to kind of come in and – like potential superstar role and just fill fill right into his shoes. So I agree. It's just way too many points, 14 and a half for two teams that I think are talent-wise early in the season too close. You know what I mean? You can't try to tell me that that team is two touchdowns better than the other one. So you're taking the road team, you're taking the risk, but um, I agree. I think it's San Diego State. All right. So we both agree on that one. Um, moving on, we're on to Saturday at noon. The best. Have... This is the this is going to be when it really sets in. You know what I mean? The Thursday yeah. night games is like, all right, you see a couple on TV. You know, a couple of decent games. I think the Friday night game is a good game. But, like, Saturday at noon, you realize that you have just 
the whole day. How do you just college football is bad? College you know, football. You got, the, you got two screens working. Oh my flipping god, back and forth. Minimum. Two screens minimum. Yeah, I'm gonna be jerking off all over the place. <laughs> so the first game that we wanted to look at was cracking some open. But um, first game <laughs> <Why not>? was <laughs> on a Wednesday night. Yeah, why not? So first game we're looking at is Oregon State and Ohio State. The line is. A whopping 37 and a half for Ohio State. Um, they're clearly the better team here. It opened at 38, and some places you can get it at 38 and a half. So, so line's moving it's for Ohio. There. But yeah, it's yeah. but those fucking rats at Ohio State. <laughs> I never liked Ohio State. It's just something always about them that I never really liked. And Urban Meyer only getting three games is absolutely ridiculous. Well, it's him too. He's been uh, he's been a scumbag his whole career. He's just a rat, and three games is just pussy shit. Like. If you're gonna if you're gonna suspend somebody for knowing about beating women, you gotta you gotta go a little bit higher than that. So, but but looking at the game, um, I mean it's pretty clear Ohio State's the better team. They're at home, and what I'm looking for is I don't know if anybody really watches um the documentary on Netflix QB one, but the kid Tate Martell is the backup right now in Ohio State. Right, and he he is a fucking rat in real life. Like he's such, he does manicures, pedicures. He's always, he gets his eyebrows done. The kid's an absolute bitch, but he's one of the funnest people I've ever seen. Uh, is he, play is he like tall? Is, he's tall. He's like six no. five. He's got long hair. No, he's tiny. Him up. He's like five foot eleven. He has blonde hair, but they're saying he's the best high school player of all time. He won um, three years in a row. His team went undefeated and won the national championship in Las Vegas. And yeah. I hated him as a kid, but he has a fat dick on the field. So the, <laughs> the kid can throw. He can run. He's, yeah. he's fast as fuck. He tried to hurdle four guys at once. In one of the primetime games. Like, all the other high school kids were watching him. He, he was the guy with the big dick on campus. And the best part about Tate Martell is um, he's an absolute troll on social media. So, he always posts after he beats a team, like, how, how much their state sucks and how much the girls are ugly. And oh, yeah. if he comes in at any point in this game, I'm it's must-watch television. So, I mean, the line's huge, but I'm just going to go with Ohio State just off the fact. <laughs> and even you if hope they, your boy comes in and gets you over. <laughs> don't call him my boy, but I'm if you're if you're ready to watch the second unit play Gary for Tate Martell, like it's an absolute stud. He, he's fun to watch. All right, yeah. I mean, this one's cut and dry. Is is do you want to lay 38 points or not? Right. So Oregon State's just flat out terrible. Coming off a one in an eleven year last year. Um, so, I mean, I think there's, it's a re- it's a complete rebuild. I think that is a, I think that's a better thing than, than not when it comes into a new year, right? Like you can just completely oh my scrap. God. Yeah, they have, you have to rebuild. What else are you going to do? Right. So, yeah, there's no, my point is there's no way, but up. I've always been this way that I, I hate, I hate, I hate laying like 38 points. I think it's, stu- I think it's stupid. I think it makes it terrible to watch. I kind of get suckered into these underdogs a lot. And I just like hope for him to score like one or two touchdowns, like maybe a special teams, like fumble or something. So I would, I'll take Oregon state. Give me 38 points. I don't care. Um, and plus, you know what? Ohio state, they got, they got a controversy going on. They don't even have their head coach for the game. So I don't know how sharp you can be with all that going on. I don't know. But for me, it's, they have something to prove. They're all kind of pissed off that this all the kids themselves the for Ohio state. Yeah, I think they're all pissed off that all this even went on. I think they're trying to prove something that, you know, they're not – they're still a great team without Urban Meyer. Um, I think Nick Bose is going to have a fucking field day out there. I'm not oh, taking – I Trust me, I am not – I hate betting against Nick Bosa. I understand the, the, where he comes from, the lineage he comes from. I don't, I don't want to bet against uh, – I don't, I don't want to bet on Benny the Beaver either for Oregon, Oregon State. So, I mean, just out of precedent, it's hard to go against Ohio here. 
uh, for me, but I guess we'll have to have to differ on that one. All right, another one we're on opposite sides on. All right, all right. Going in the next game, also at noon on that Saturday, Ole Miss at Texas Tech. Um, I just personally always find these, um, you know, cross conference games like really interesting, like Big Twelve, SEC. I gotta think it's such opposite football. Like first game of the year, I think it's kind of like a a really unique, uh, perfect storm for just like a, a kind of a wild game. So Shea Patterson was obviously the big story for Ole Miss last year. He's going to be starting up in Michigan, but he got hurt halfway through the year. So this kid Jordan Taemu, I think that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he got a posture his name. But he came in, didn't do bad at all. He played in six games, threw for 1,600 yards, uh, nearly 1,700 yards, 11 touchdowns and four picks, and he's a run threat. They averaged like 35.8 points per game under him. So, I mean, that type of offense is kind of unseen, I think, from the SEC. You know, it's obviously like a grinded out, at least the good teams in that league are defense first, grinded out on the offensive side, running the ball. Um, but the Ole Miss defense killed them last year. They really sucked against the run. That's why they got, you know, killed in the SEC. Um, but they are returning eight starters, three quarters of their secondary. Um, and then there's, I guess they have this standout linebacker, Ruggs. He's supposed to see a lot of time and be a good fill-in in the middle of their defense. So they're really optimistic over there about their defense. Um, on the other side, Texas Tech, they don't really have a QB. Um, they have a battle between two guys um, with pretty electric names, to be honest with you. This guy's name is McLean Carter. And he's going against Jet Duffy in the big quarterback file. Oh, you got you to gotta cheer for Jet Duffy in that one, I right. think, I right? Mean, one of these guys is going to be out there starting. So, um, they, that's just – I mean, this is another, like, backwards thing from the league they come through, right? They're, like, the Texas Tech team. They're out of the Big 12, and they don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Um, they are also returning the top nine in tacklers on their defense. I read that stat. I thought that was insane, including that kid, Dakota Allen. I don't know if Who? You which team? Texas Tech. Okay. I don't know if you know that kid, Dakota Allen. Um, he's from Last Chance U, the first season. Um, he's like a nasty linebacker. So he's starting for them. He's like a big presence on their defense. He's good. He's like really talented. Um, so the question is, can they defend the run? So last year, they played in five games when they gave up 200-plus rushing yards, and they lost them all. So that's kind of the, was their defense last year is could they stop the run or and keep them, you know, keep them in the game, essentially, and their offense can go and try and duke it out. I don't know. This one's really just interesting, I think. Anytime also, you got, you know, Texas Tech's at home, two points, tight line. You could really look at the money lines if you wanted to. Uh, let me just double-check the line, see what it's at right now. One and, Plus two. Yeah, so it hasn't moved. Minus one, two, yeah, rather, kind sorry. Of right around there. One and a half, two, three. So it's a tight line. You know, you can really pick a side on this one. It's, it's kind of, a, I think, an intriguing game. How about yourself? So my biggest thing is – Texas Tech in Texas, that's the, that's the biggest advantage they have. Right. Um, when I think of Texas Tech, too, I think my, my uh, vision's a little skewed. I think of, like, a shootout team that just loves to gun the ball around. No, um, it, is. And it, it is. That's, what, they, and, that's and, what their coach has been known for. He can't, he can't put up a defense. And if you, if you look at um, a guy named Jet, a quarterback, that's <laughs> – I don't know who's really... playing. That was, I read that those are the two battling it out, and they haven't announced it yet. But they'll probably see come game time. No, but I guess but my he, point is you got no, you know, you got no veteran, you got no returning quarterback to take the helms on offense. Someone's going to have to make a name for themselves. Yeah, and my Texas Tech thing from a couple of years ago is um, what's his name? Pat Mahomes yeah. had six hundred all-purpose yards in a loss to Oklahoma. Six hundred all-purpose yards. That's like the, he had four hundred throwing and then two hundred on the on the ground. That's that's one of the craziest stats I've ever heard. So yeah. I mean, he was the way I'm looking Tech at it, quarterback. Yeah, the way I'm looking at it is. I'd feel much more comfortable if Jet started just because of his name. It's it's hard for me to go against Texas Tech at home, especially against Ole Miss. Kind of fucking sucks. Like 
I I don't know. I haven't really followed him to be honest with you ever since Swag Kelly left. Right. And I'm still waiting for him to get like, a shot. They've just been like middle of the road to basement. I mean, they've been decent, but more middle of the road SEC team, which is a little bit boring. You know what I mean? Yeah. If Swag Kelly was at the realm, I would probably take Old Miss, but Texas Tech at home, I'll take I'll take them minus two all day, especially if Jets at the realm. I mean, if McLean McLean Carter, that doesn't really do much for me, but. I'm definitely going to throw money on it if Jet Duffy's the quarterback for Texas Tech. I like that. I like the gut based completely on name alone. <laughs> I think that's I think that's good. But I think that's what wins your bets. All right, my pick my pick on this one. I kind of painted the picture, but I'm going with the over. Um, <laughs> Pussy. No, this is a fun one. This is a good one to watch the over. You got Texas Tech at home, so you're going to try and tell me they're not going to put up points. And like I said, the the old Miss defense was a question mark for them last year, but. I'm looking at the uh, lines right now. It opened at 62. It has spiked up to 67 cents. So I think people are Yo. seeing that. So that's a little dicey. I it's really a little rich for my taste. It's right. a little I rich. I really liked it. I was looking at it, I think, uh, 64, 65. But I still think both teams in this game can get into the 30s. I mean, like I said, you have a good um, – excuse me, good all-miss offense coming back. That kid was able to actually carry him the second half of the year when Patterson went down. So you're going to have them going up up against an air raid offense. You're going to have a lot of possessions, a lot of back and forth. I think it's a fun one route for the over. So I don't only give out unders. I'll give out an over. I like the over in this game. Fade the public. Fade the public. I know. I know. That's scary. I hate when I do that is ride a line, fucking like five or six points. So I'll watch how high it gets. You know, I mean, I don't want to be like rooting for – I mean, 30 is a lot. That's how you get to – just 60 cool. alone. 35, 35. So I'll see how high it goes. I like the idea of the over. Um, but as for the game, it's definitely a pick em. The experience tells me go with Old Miss a little bit, but this stat's kind of disgusting. Old Miss is one and four against the spread in their last five non conference games, which basically tells me they can't hold their own when they leave the SEC and play a different type of football. So I, I wouldn't be very comfortable really taking either sides. I'll ride the over. Let's move into our next game. This is one of the funnest games on the slate. On the slate, excuse me. Um, Saturday at noon, FAU travels to Oklahoma. Let's see what we got here. Oklahoma opened up, I believe, at twenty-one. No, Oklahoma was minus twenty-four. Now they're minus twenty-one. Okay, so it moved that way. So they opened at minus twenty-four, and they moved all the way to minus twenty-one. So people are giving um, your boy um, Joey Freshwater a little bit of respect. Joey Freshwater's baby. Right. I love him. I, I've been in love with FAU. The year before last, me, I, a buddy of mine, and, and I found out that Lane Kiffin was moving to FAU. Like, never heard of FAU besides you knew it was one of those Florida schools where kids just went to, like, be going, being at the pool all the time. Like, yeah, party like, your ass off. Right, exactly. Just, like, just go for, for an easy college experience. And, like, they, uh, I think they were, like, at 1.50 to 1 odds after Kiffin got there before last year to win the conference. I was like, I want to take those odds. Didn't end up taking it, and he just ran through the whole fucking conference that he plays in down there. So I love Joey Freshwater. Their offense is nasty. I think they're really good. They, um, they're running an RP. They run, like, a run-pass option, and they have that running back, uh, Devin Singletary. He could be, like – like he was putting up yards and all his stats last year with up were up there with some of the best court, um, best running backs, and he's like uh he's like they they know he's gonna be the best running back in the conference. They keep an eye on him for like the Heisman. So that then at quarterback down there, I think they're doing that kid. Uh, do you remember DeAndre Johnson? He's another kid from Last Chance U. Yeah. Yeah. So he like same idea. They're gonna run an RPO with just two freak athletes behind there, which I think is like with Lane Kiffin's you know offensive abilities is like a. 
is just is a uh, recipe for success. So that's why it's like they're getting 21 points. I know OU's like still Oklahoma, but like their defense was 100 first last year. You know, they're going to have to stop them at some point. And they, they don't even have Baker Mayfield anymore. Like, right, the kid I mean. went they're number one in the draft. Full transition on offense. So I just think this was another one where it's like, I know it's power five versus non-power five, but the skill set and the coaching of these two teams, are they really, can you really tell me they're 21 points apart? I don't know. The biggest thing for me, for those who don't know the Joey Freshwater reference, <laughs> Lane Kiven made like Tinder, Bumble, all these things. He went by the alias of Joey Freshwaters. And he like and even prayed. He tell people at the bar. Yeah, and he prayed on the Alabama women when he was there. He was just banging chicks all the time. All these underclassmen girls. And the the rumor is that he apparently banged Nick Saban's daughter, who's an absolute fucking ten. So Joey Freshwaters, aka Lane Kiffin, is probably my favorite coach in college football. But um, you know, looking more at the game, Oklahoma. They're probably looking ahead to UCLA next week. Um. I don't, I don't know. The question I, is, I just, do you think Oklahoma – I mean, I think it's a dumb question, but it's like, do they give them the respect? You know, they know what's over there, but, like, do they give them the – they're still a small conference team. They're not a Power 5 team. They're not, like, a, you know, a Big 12 opponent. Is like, do they give them the respect or not? I think that's yeah. kind of what the question comes down to with, again, like you said, you see someone like UCLA next week. I don't know. It scares me that Florida Atlantic isn't at home for this game, but – and last year, they got their ass was kicked by Navy. They just were scratching their head trying to figure out the triple option. All these, uh, all the prisoners that Lane Kiffin recruited. <laughs> Kiffin also, he has, he just has no con- um, no conscious when it comes to recruiting. Like, don't bring in kid, anybody. Yeah, yeah if some kid beat a women, but he's a he's a five star recruit. Matter. Like, come on over, come yeah. on over to FAU. So yeah, it does not matter. Yeah, th- that's what he does, and that's the other thing is like they're they're stacking them with talent. I read the 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 other quarterback that could be a possibility is actually this kid Chris Robinson that transferred from Oklahoma. Or excuse me. Yeah, I believe it was Oklahoma. I think he was a backup there. Yeah, so I for me, it, but they brought in a transfer. They brought in another Juco transfer for the O-line and this kid from the, their new center is from Tulane. So he just brings in talent from wherever. And they just like he's like a, he's like a GM at the NFL level in college football. I think it's a really I think it's really cool. I like what Lake Kevin's doing down there. I think it's kind of a little unprecedented for a school of that size. At least so on, in recent years. So on the road, I think we're both in agreement. We're going to take FAU plus 21. Is that, does that sound right? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, we're kind of ranting and raving about it, but the, it's just the points. I think so. <laughs> yeah, three scores is a lot anywhere, especially for two established uh, coaches. So moving on, uh, we're going to look Saturday at one, a game that me and Double Down are both going to. We'll be there live. We'll, we'll be reporting <laughs> on the scene. We'll get you. We'll, we'll report back the atmosphere, everything about it. Our alma mater, right? UMass at BC. BC is minus eighteen and a half. Let's see if that line has moved at all. So it opened at minus twenty for BC, but people have caught on to the Minutemen and uh, just what they're trying to do over there. So the they got some exposure. UMass, they got some yeah. exposure week one. The UMass high-powered offense when scored 63 points in their home opener. They only let up 15. Um, but in all honesty, BC is the far superior team. Um, AJ Dillon's an absolute psychopath at running back. He's a Heisman Heisman watch guy. Everyone's pretty high on the Eagles at this point. But yeah, it's a weird year. I um kind of being from like around the area. I've actually heard some like weird BC football talk. Like people are like, yeah, it could be like a DC year. Like it's, I don't know. It's not common around here. It's not common for BC football to be anything since like back in the Matt Ryan days. Yeah, they Matt were terrible Ice. for a while. They lost like all of their games. I'm pretty sure one year. So in conference, excuse me. 
So yeah, I don't like, think they're, they're not. They're not. I'm not used to them being that of that stage. I don't think UMass has ever beat BC either, dating back to like the '60s. Yeah, which is kind of yeah. a tough look. Yeah. So by no 70s. means, by no means am I saying that UMass is going to win this football game. And the thing I want everyone to realize though is they can score the rock. They might not be able to. Yeah, they got Ford. They, got, they actually have some. De- I mean, Ford can throw the ball, and then Comus can run the ball. They got the other kid running the ball there, um, Andy Isabella. So they have some talent on the offensive side. Yeah, the the biggest thing that I just can't wrap my head around with UMass is they sometimes switch quarterbacks per drives, like they're the Dylan Panthers, and they're debating between Saracen and McCoy. Like I just I, I can't wrap my head around that. But for everyone who hasn't been paying attention, the backup quarterback for UMass uh, last game was wearing a bandana, a right arm sleeve, and a right leg sleeve as the backup at one of the worst football schools ever. So the swag is there. People are believing. I'm going to take UMass, I think, with a plus 18 and a half points. What are you thinking? Um, I have trouble taking UMass here. Come on. Come on. <laughs> you got to. I think it's just a difference in the in the quality of the programs. Like, I just think it's a D1 real power five school against, like, UMass. I mean, UMass is still one of the worst programs, like, out there, I think. I think their defense, they won't be able to keep up. I think they'll get run all over. AJ Dillon, I think I can almost guarantee will go for a sixty-plus yard, like a, a sixty-plus yarder for a touchdown. He'll break what everybody always oh, yeah. breaks once opens against UMass. So, um, eighteen and a half, I actually don't think is too much. Again, in college football, I just think it turns into like a runaway game where BC runs away and, and hides at home too. It's their home opener. They have a little something to play so for. So let me let me get this straight. You're going against your favorite university that you went to for four years. I'll that just won a 63-15 to 15 game against Duquesne. I do not, not care about a game <laughs> against Duquesne. If, if you could tell me one player on Duquesne, then, then I'll care about a 63-15 to 15 victory. Um, Duquesne is a, is a tough team. I'm pretty sure they're from <laughs> Pennsylvania <laughs> somewhere in there. They're, they're, they're a strong-willed. They're, they're a motivated team. Um, yeah, so I'm going with the Minutemen. If, if, the thing is with you is if – UMass somehow covers in this game and you didn't take it and you just take a shit. <laughs> nah, it's right the bathroom there. All right, so if um UMass somehow covers in this game and you went against them, you almost double lose right there. Honestly, I think I made more money last year betting against UMass than on them. No, UMass covers. UMass covers. <laughs> they, they played Tennessee tough. They played the game cost. <laughs> Whipple, Whipple covers. <laughs> We cover. We don't win, but we cover a fucking lot of games. So I don't know. It'll be exciting. We'll be there. Um, like I said, we'll get all the reports live, and then we'll, we'll be on opposite sides. So I think that's fair. I'll be with the yeah, home see, crowd. What are you going to be, do- what are you gonna be, be doing at the fan. game? I might be an Eagles super fan. I might get the T-shirt. That's tough. This is a tough look. You're a fucking <laughs> coward. Benedict Arnold. Can't go against the Minutemen. All right. So let's move on to the afternoon games, continuing on Saturday at 3.30. Um, this is a new, one of those neutral site games. Again, another one of those interesting games that I mentioned earlier. I always think these ones are cool when they open it up cross-conference. You know, you got Washington going to play Auburn. It really is a home, more of a home game for Auburn. The game's going to be played at the Falcon Stadium, uh, Mercedes, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. So that's obviously much closer for Auburn. They got that kid Stidham at quarterback, who's been not bad for them at all. And it looks like his top weapon's coming back, um, his wide receiver. Um, but... Washington's also returned a lot of experience. You know, they've obviously had that nasty defense. Um, they were ranked fifth last year, and that's like what they've been known on ever since the put- playoff came out. They've been pretty good. Um, they're returning their quarterback, Jake Browning. They're running back Gaskin. So 
Um, they're also returning basically their whole defense. They lost Vita Vea. He went real high in the uh, draft. But the rest of the defense will be an experienced core. So I think it's a really good matchup. I'm not sure what Auburn has too much. I just don't I – don't, I don't see where Auburn can beat them. I mean, it's like are they going to try to outscore him? With like your, then you're leaning on your quarterback to really over, like overthrow the whole Washington defense, or are you going to try to play their game, play some defense, and just like squeak out a 17-14 victory? Yeah, my, my biggest thing with Auburn, too, I feel like they're not as good away from home. Like I know this is a neutral site game, but I just feel like Auburn at home is really where they Right, it's different when their, you're in your college stadium. Yeah, like when they beat Bama last year. I feel like that's really where they, they make their money is at home. Um, my thing with Washington, though, I think Browning's an absolute stud in college football, at least. He's my one of my picks for Heisman. You can lock that one in right really? now. But, yeah, I think Browning – Washington is nasty every single year. No, I agree. They, they're quiet, especially they're on the, West Coast, right? Yeah, exactly. They're on the West. No one sees them play normally. So, I mean, I think Washington is a Final Four team. I think they're one of the teams that's going to sneak in there at the end. I think they're only going to lose one game maybe. And then um, also Nate Robinson, I think, was on the team for a year back when he played uh right. I think I he played basketball so right. so um that's just another reason for Story me to always side of Washington yeah so um if I were to take it I'd go with Washington plus two give me the points I'd even think about a little money line play there I was gonna say I don't know I mean the points now is at one and a half I agree it's don't give me I mean I'd probably do money line I like just taking the team straight up um the over under that game's super low let me see I think it was a 48. Let me see what it's at now. So it is. They just plan. I mean, Vegas thinks it's going to be low scoring. So it's like, all right, who are you going to take in a low scoring matchup? Because I'll easily take Washington. Yeah, I think the Washington defense is far superior to Auburn. I think Auburn has the athletes, but Washington has the experience. Yeah. So the line on that over under opened at 54, dropped all the way down to 48. So maybe the public thinks it's going to be low, but 54 opening for Vegas isn't too bad for that one. Still a little higher than I would have thought. But I like, yeah, bottom, end, end of the day, I like Washington. Oh, we finally agree on one of these. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Uh, I'm going to the next game. We got Tennessee visiting West Virginia. And we got West Virginia, the, who's supposed to be the next big name in college sports. I think they're hyping him up to be is Will Greer. He's supposed to be the Heisman this year. See if he still has the beard, the, uh, the hair. Like just the, he looked like a mountaineer last year, the end of last year before it. Um, he, he like broke his his finger, his thumb. I remember on his throwing hand that sucked. Um, that game's also be playing at a neutral site, so that one's gonna be played in Charlotte at the Panthers Stadium. So I can't really tell who will be the home team there. Probably Tennessee. Tennessee is such a weird program to me. They've like in my lifetime, it's like oh, I grew up and heard, heard how good Tennessee was, but they haven't ever, at least in my memory, been good. Like they've been like oh, they're supposed yeah. to be good. Fuck for Tennessee. Se- yeah, exactly. It's like. You just are relying on like the past of what you used to be. Like you're an S, you're an SEC team technically. Like I don't even know. So it's like they they can't compete with the people they play against. Um, yeah, per, I I fucking hate Tennessee. Like Tennessee I agree. sucks. I'm kind of on that. They, too. They've never done anything in the past few years to really impress me. I think I I don't know. I'm not a huge West Virginia guy. I think Will Greer is fun to watch. I think he's going to be in the Heisman Trophy running also, but. Um, not two teams I don't really love, but if I had to choose a way, I, I just fucking hate Tennessee so much that I'd have to go with West Virginia. Right. Right. And also Will Greer's return in uh, most of his weapons, his top two receivers, Jennings and Sills. Remember that guy Sills? It's like Sills the fourth or something on his name. I just like to yeah. remember that he's that little guy. Um, and they're returning four. They're all line. That's pretty impressive just to bring your whole offense back and just like let them go at it. I think they, they're one of the more high powered offenses out there. 
Um, the West Virginia D is pretty, pretty experienced. They're returning two starting linebackers. The rest of their front eight is in at least their third year in the program, so it's not like a bunch of freshmen and sophomores running around. And then UT is like the opposite side. They're bringing in this new coach, Jeremy Pruitt, but he's dealing with all of Butch Jones' recruiting class. And I guess I read that like Butch, Butch Jones, Jones is a pussy too. I, I right. don't anything like, about this I guess he, recru- team. he like recruits a certain way and he like does things a certain way. So when it's like not his way, it's like really hard to deal with his recruiting class they were talking about. Yeah. So, I mean, last year UT did actually have a nasty pass defense. They were third best in the nation, but they got turn- they got torn up on the ground. Um, but I think a lot of that can be attributed to the fact that like they were behind most of the time. They went four and eight last year. So they were like, you know what I mean? They were playing they were they were facing the run a lot more than they were facing the pass. So I don't know how exactly how elite they were. Plus they play in the SEC, so it's like who was who was throwing the ball on them. So I'm with you. I'll take West Virginia. Ten points. Let's make sure that it's see where that line's at. So ten and a half right now. Okay. Open I mean, to thirteen. I think yeah, I was gonna, it opened at thirteen. Oh no, I'm looking at the wrong game. It's it I, opened at seven, sorry, now it's at ten. Oh nope, that's oh uh, yeah. I was just, I think that one's good up until I would take West Virginia by two scores. I think West Virginia is going to kill them. Yeah, I don't think that will be a, much of an issue there. Fuck Tennessee. Volunteers suck. I don't like anything about that team. And moving on. So <laughs> we're going we're gonna <laughs> nice, to go to – Nice and unbiased. Yeah. We're going to go to another game at 3.30. We got Wazoo, Washington State, at Wyoming. Um, Wyoming just won their first game. They looked pretty good, but um, they lost – Lost their quarterback, obviously the guy with the biggest hands in the, in the whole <laughs> NFL daily. Is that or something, right? Yeah, uh, that's what I've heard. Yeah, well, he's a fucking tool. I don't. I, I never really liked Josh Allen. Um, his eyes are too close together. He kind of it just looks like something's wrong with him. I think the Bills are going to suck, but that's that's an argument for another day. Um, yeah, Wazoo. I really just like Mike Leach. Honestly, he's just a hilarious quarterback. I mean, hilarious quarterback. He's just a hilarious coach. Yeah. Um, do yourself a favor and look up some of his interviews where he's talking about um, like dating and marrying people. He, he's a real riot. So um, the line moved a lot in this game, though. I think, yeah, it's, yeah it, it opened it's crazy. It opened at Wazoo minus seven and a half. Now they're only minus one. So I'm not wow. sure if it was Wyoming just playing really well in their first game. I, I really have no idea what happened there. But um, with the line movement, I, I think it's hard to go against Wazoo. Wow. Yeah, that actually that opens my eyes. I mean, um, from what I from what I saw about Wyoming, yeah, they did. They won twenty nine to seven last week against New Mexico State. It was their run game. They ran for three hundred twenty three yards, three touchdowns. The offense threw for one hundred thirty three yards. Um, the Wyoming defense also played really nice last week. They let up one hundred thirty five yards total, nine rushing, negative nine rushing yards, and seven first downs. So that that probably just skewed the line. Yeah, but six points is a fucking ton of movement. I know. That's what I'm just, like, staring at. I guess who's going to play quarterback for Washington State? They lost Luke Falk. And then the kid who was supposed to take over killed himself. You see that? Jesus Christ. (laughs) That's what happened. So I don't know who's supposed to take over there. Maybe they'll play a little inspired. Yeah. Wow. You know, I had Wyoming, but I honestly – I don't think I want Wyoming that. That line movement is insane. Yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm in on Wazoo. I don't know about you. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a last second flip. I'm in on Wazoo. There you go. Hop in. Um, one of my favorite because you can take a money year. line at this point. Yeah, one of my favorite games last year. I I was down about like 250 bones, and I put it all on an under in a Wazoo game because it was a torrential downpour yeah, and it wasn't even close. That. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So I kind of have a blind allegiance to them, and I, I don't think know, you I ride never really until liked they, Wyoming. I, I think you ride them until they burn you. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's the way a lot of these gambling picks have to be. You know what I mean? You just got to keep with the keep with the team that's done you well. Right. Well, I agree. I think early in the year, especially with like college teams like this, is you kind of have to pick have to pick a team because you can easily get a team that starts off hot. Areas like you can beat expectations. You know what I mean? Vegas is start, is going to constantly be giving you points compared to what could be true if you got a team that's overachieving. So yeah, it's, it's that's why I think it's so interesting early in the year and all these opening line games is like I think it's the one it's one of the more out there. Like Vegas has. Just not not as least not as little as an idea as you do, but less than an idea because they don't have enough stuff to rely on. They don't they don't know much about the team. Yeah, true. So we're both in on Wazoo minus one there. Um, moving forward, we got Cincy at UCLA, and the line. Let's take a quick peek. Opened at minus fourteen for UCLA, and now it is minus fifteen. So people are liking UCLA a little bit. I personally. I think Chip Kelly's a fucking bum. Um, one of my best friends is an Eagles fan, so he just talks about how he pretty much single-handedly tried you know, to destroy random. the Eagles. Right. <laughs> he, he was very close to doing it, too. Um, the super team they had with, like, Deshaun Jackson and Michael Vick and LaShawn McCoy and all those guys, that was, that was a real failed experiment. But you got to respect Chip Kelly in um, college football. But for right. me, it's just being his first game. Um, I don't think since he's that bad. Like, they, they struggled last year, but I think they're kind of a tough team. Um, for me, I'd, I'd probably have to side with Cincy, especially UCLA lost Josh Rosen. Um, I know their backup modster is pretty good, but you know, for me, I would I would just have to side with Cincy. I think this line's a little inflated just because people are going with Chip Kelly early, and um, I just don't think that's going to be a deciding case for them. So give me Cincy with the points. So this game's a little interesting. Cincy from last year, I mean, they were just terrible. They finished. They lost seven of their last nine, and their offense only put up like twenty-one points per game. But I actually think that their offense could rebound this year. They're bringing back their quarterback, this kid Hayden Moore. He's a senior this year. He was, like, their only bright spot last year. He was the only one who could do anything. And they're bringing back two of his top three receivers. So I think it's another kind of thing. I alluded to it earlier is, like, where a kid's coming up like this where he had a good, you know, standout, whether it be sophomore, junior year. And he's coming in. This kid is a senior quarterback, and he's going to actually try to take this team and see if, you know, he can't lead a college football team the way he led a high school team. I think it's a unique kind of, like, position for them to be in offensively um their defense was atrocious last year so ucla should have no problem scoring um they don't really have a quarterback right now decided on from what i read um but chip kelly said it looks like it's most likely going to be rosen's backup from last year this kid devin monster who actually wasn't too bad um but the defense for ucla was shit chip kelly's defenses have always struggled you know he's an offensive first coach with the did the um tempo stuff i think he'll probably run more of that especially if he's playing with kind of a lot of position. You know, they, they got those six players suspended, UCLA, so I think he'll have, like, a lot of subs in. I think he'll do a lot of, you know, he'll, he'll cover up a lot of those losses with coaching. So um, I'm actually going to be taking the over in this game. I think it's a fun one to root Boo. for. Yeah, I think it's two terrible defenses, um, two kind of primed and ready-to-go offenses in a sense that, like, they're just kind of excited to get out there, see what they, see what they can do, and I think they're going to run a lot of different up-tempo uh, cool sets. So the over on this game opened at 57. God damn, I'm, I'm, another one I'm riding. It's up at 64 right now. Oh, my. That's another score. No, don't do it. I'm begging you. Wow, that's a lot to ride, a whole score. Uh, but, I mean, that also could have to do with the suspended players coming out. But, yeah, I like the over. I think this one. Wait, we didn't, we didn't even talk about that. I did. I brought it up. Oh, you brought it up. Well, the only one who was actually nasty or who was among the suspended was one of their running backs. This guy, Soso Jamabo. 
which is a pretty nice name. <laughs> So-so was caught. So they, they won't say what these caught, they caught these kids for, too. I was trying to read into it, at least right on this. You know, it's early in the week, but I haven't, it hasn't come out yet what they, um, what they got suspended for. But I don't know. To me, it's just a, it's a, it's a game where two teams can't play defense, so it's just going to turn into a shootout. So give me the over. I think it'll be fun to root for. Plus, it's in, it's in UCLA. It's in Las Vegas. I mean, I mean, excuse me. It's in Los Angeles. Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah right. So right. you're, you're a few states away. <laughs> right. It's, it's in Los. <laughs> there's just all the reasons in the world to score. So I think the over is a fun one to ride on this. Let's see what we got next here. Saturday, seven thirty. Oh, big this, game. Yeah, big this, game. This might be my favorite. The one I'm most looking forward to. Um, and I also like the pick the best. Um, Michigan at Notre Dame. Um, so this one's an interesting one. This is the first time they've been, they are playing each other since 2014. Notre Dame hosted them also that year and beat them 31 to nothing. Um, so the big story for Michigan this year, Michigan's, um, experienced on defense, returning most of their starters and Harbaugh already named Shea Patterson, the starter. Um, it's probably, um, probably been like said before, but Shea Patterson, this is the first time that Harbaugh is named a starter before like the actual opener since he did it with luck at Stanford. So it just kind of shows that, like, he, I think he's think, he thinks this kid's proven himself and that um, he's the clear-cut starter. So I think, I mean... It's Where pretty, was he? He was at Ole Miss, right? He was at Ole Miss, and he was electric. Okay. He wore number, like, 20 there, and he would, like, run around, run out. He was like Johnny Manziel a little bit. Like, he would run outside the pocket, he'd bomb it, he'd take off at any point. So he just has electric quarterback, which is, like, as cli- it's, been, it's a kind of a cliche take, but that's all that Michigan's needed. You know what I mean? Harbaugh, since Harbaugh, excuse me, since Harbaugh, since Harbaugh's got there, he's been missing a quarterback for all those years. Um, for me, the biggest thing is I, ju- I just think Michigan's been getting ready. Like they finally have Harbaugh's guys in there. It's time to take a little bit. Yeah. You got to do something. No, is that even the case though? Like when you really think about it, if he was one play away twice on, on making it big. Like the, right. the Sparty Michigan game. State, yeah, that was insane. The Sparty game when the, the punter just fucked up. Oh like that was God. one of the craziest things I've ever watched in my life. The punter mishandled the punt when Michigan was winning and it, they the ball got fumbled back and Sparty got in the end zone. But he got steal it about he got heat for making they're saying they should have never put the ball in the punter's hands. Like you yeah, can't just say you gotta fluke. catch the ball. Like that punt that punter was just being a little bitch. But then the other games too he lost on a bad spot against no, Ohio State. I know. Like he could have made I, it I to the college football saying, playoff. With the way it is there with Michigan, like the Michigan Harbaugh, like marriage was supposed to be like going into a glorious, was supposed to bring them, you know, whether it's like Big Ten titles, they, they, they probably would have expected to be in the playoff by now. So I just think the pressure's there. And um, I think the talent's there too this year where they're finally like, all right, you got this defense, you got a quarterback who can do something. You know, where yeah. it's high expectations is the bottom line. I think, I think um, this is the most high expectations they've yeah. had since the opening year that he came in is all I have to say. Like, I think this is the year when he first came in, everyone was obviously high on them just because, you know, like the, the relatively effect that he was just new and everyone was excited to see him coach. But I think this is the first year since then that everyone actually has like the championship expectations. Right. Right. All right. And then just touching on the Notre Dame side a little bit, it looks like they're returning um, this kid, Brandon Wimbush. <laughs> Well, that's what his fucking names. Brandon, <laughs> Brandon Wimbush is their quarterback. Last year, he went for eighteen hundred yards, nineteen hundred yards, sixteen touchdowns, six picks. So a decent quarterback. Um, they were they were decent back here last year. Uh, I think Brian Kelly overachieved a little bit with the team he had, and then their their backup running back, who I guess they have a lot of confidence in, Dexter Williams, is being thrown into a starting role this year. And their forty sixth ranked defense returns nine starters. So, you know, it's no joke. It's still Notre Dame. It's still Notre Dame at home. 
you know, this is just two storied franchises like going at it. Which yeah, think- the, the only I mean, I'm I'm gonna side with Michigan on this one, especially with the even line, but the only thing that really scares me is walk you know, marching into South Bend and trying to get a win. That's a really tough place to play. You know, they're passionate about their football down there. But I, I just think that Michigan, especially their line and their defense, is just gonna be a little bit too much for Notre Dame. I agree. I mean, I'm taking Michigan. I think uh it'll be all beef meals beforehand. There'll be no chicken served. Um, under John Harbaugh's <laughs> watch, you know, no nerves getting into those kids. They'll be ready to go. Yeah. So that that for helps those you, of you, that helps you in a road game. For those of you who don't know, um, Harbaugh, what's what's their back? Their old quarterback's name from last year. Do you remember? I forget his name. Oh, the quarterback. The quarterback last year. Yeah. Regardless, he he kind of sucked anyway. But yeah, he, he went on um he went on air and told everyone that Harbaugh told him not to eat any chicken because it's a nervous bird. Right, <laughs> he couldn't right. be nervous out there. So. So that's right. just one more reason to pull for Michigan in this one. So uh, we're both we're on the same side of that one, both taking Michigan. Yeah. And money line. line. Yeah, I was going to say money line with that, another one, especially on the road. I mean, I think it opened it. They were favored by one and a half. I see them at even. I see them at plus one. Take the straight up, you know, take just the straight up road team. I think it's definitely the answer there. All right. So up next, also the Saturday, 8 p.m., we have Louisville playing against Alabama. Alabama opened – as 28 and a half point favorites, but now it's down to 24 and a half, and the game is being played at Camping World Stadium in Orlando. Oh yeah, is that right? Where, where, who plays there? Um, I I let me look into it. Yeah, you, <laughs> I don't you look into anybody, that. But... No, I think it's just one of those like bowl game sites. Yeah, well, regardless, it's, I don't know who who chose that. That that was a kind of a weird spot for them. So I guess that's a neutral field. In, like, yeah, I can't really think who would have the Orlando. edge there. It's, it's like nobody's real. Uh... Nobody's real stadium. All right. So, um, obviously, it's the post-Lamar Jackson era for Louisville. They're moving on Juwan Pass. And uh, they have most of their receivers. But last year, um, I don't know if you were with me, but I was still on board with betting Louisville, and they, they fucked me a ton. They yeah, were one of the worst I, bets. I got, burnt. I got burnt early in the season by them and stayed away. They were one of the worst bets um, in college football. So, I, I stopped betting Louisville after after getting killed last year by them. Um, but the biggest thing for me is um, with Bama. I love the Tua guy. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his last name, but I think they're they're definitely going to go with Tua over Hertz. Um, I think it's yeah. funny how Hertz's Hurt, dad or his stepdad or something said he is the most coveted transfer of all time. So if if he doesn't get the starting job, I guess he's even looking at transferring. So. Um, I definitely like Tua. He can actually throw the ball. Well, Hurts can't throw a spiral more than 15 yards. So, um, I mean, based off precedent alone, I guess I'll I'll have to go with Bama in this one. I, I know the line's kind of inflated, but I think post Lamar Jackson, they're, they're going to have a lot to worry about down in Louisville on the offensive end. Right. Yeah, opened it. I mean, yeah, it's actually moved. You you gained points on Vegas. It was, yeah, like you said, 28 and a half to 24 and a half, 25. So, I mean, Bama, 25 points. That's not too bad. I'm just trying to read right now. It looks like, I mean, I don't know. Again, it looks like, all right, where is Louisville going to score, right? So it says that this kid's filling in for Lamar Jackson this year, Jawan Pass. Um, and he has, like, a good group of receivers around him. They're supposed to be, like, the best group of receivers in the ACC or one of the better. So he has some talent around him. But I guess he's not a big scrambler like Lamar was. And so he just tries to air out the rock. And they lost their top three rushers from last year. So they're going to have to restart the, the rush game. And you're going up against a Bama defense. It's like you're going to try to beat them. And yeah, I don't know how you beat them, but 
trying to air it out. And, like, kind of, if you can't establish a run against the Bama defense, it's not going to go well for you at all. So it's another one of those things where 25 points in college doesn't get me that scared. I know they're not at home, but they kill teams wherever they go. They're, you know, some of the stats I'm reading, they're 6-2 and two against their spread in their last eight against the ACC and 5-2 and two against their spread in their last seven neutral, neutral site games. Um, there's also a uh, – but this is an interesting nugget I found. Louisville is Louisville games have gone under in six of the last seven neutral site games, and Bama games have gone under in eight of the last ten non-conference games. So it's just a couple of under trends I noticed. Um, basically, I think that under would only come about if Bama runs away and just hides. But I think 25 points is, is easily enough, so that's that's where I'm riding. All right, so we're on the same page yet again. Look at that. Starting yeah. to get it together a little bit. We've been like that. I think when, we, when, we've, when we've been picking college in the past, except for our hard, like, like ride-or-die teams, we're mostly kind of in the, you know, find ourselves along the same line sometimes. All right, so that night game – Oh, no, that's it. Excuse me. That's it. That's it for Saturday. That's the night game. So let's go to Sunday. The night game there is Miami at LSU. Cool game. Another Again, another one I really like to highlight, you know, ACC against SEC. Um, this is coming off a wild year from Miami last year. They obviously had the big story with, like, the turnover chain. You know, their defense was um, really impressive. They won their first 10 games, and then they lost their last three by two scores or more. So they just, like, it just fell off the rails for them. Um, but their offense was pretty good. You know, it's pretty efficient. They had Malik Rozier back there. Um, their running back, Travis Homer, is back. He rushed for 966 yards in eight touchdowns last year. Uh, they lost the, uh, their little slot receiver there, Baxton Berrios. He got drafted by the Pats. Yep, white boy. It was Get on most, over. Yeah, it was just the most Patriots draft ever. Um, looking at the line, looks like it hasn't really moved. It, Miami opened his three-point road favorites. Um, yeah, it's right around there, three and a half now maybe. Um, so for LSU, you know, it's the first year for Ed Orgron, however you say his name, that dude's like ridiculous in interviews, just like the most football guy I've ever seen. Um, but this is his first, last year was his first full year. He went nine and four, six and two in conference, which is pretty impressive in the SEC. Um, LSU starting a quarterback, this kid, Joe, uh, Barron or Barrow or something like that, but he's a three-year backup at Ohio state. So he's kind of been stuck behind all the talent there and is finally getting his shot. Uh, then the kind of rundown on him is that he throws a good deep ball. He's kind of a threat with his arm and he can roll out well. Um, so it should be interesting to see, you know, LSU, the Pats also, I think took their quarterback, like their shitty ass lefty throwing. Like the dude could not play quarterback last year. I was <laughs> shocked to learn he got drafted. Um, but they, they might have a real quarterback back there now. Um, they got another, on, uh, another interesting, um, transfer, this kid wide receiver, Jonathan Giles. He had to sit out last year, but for Texas tech in 2016, that must've been under Mahomes, right? Uh, it had to have been right. So he, that year he went, he was like this slot. He's a speedy wide receiver with this guy, Joe Barron, who can supposedly throw a good deep ball. He caught for 1100 yards, 13 touchdowns. So it's just like a new look offense for LSU. And then their defense is going to be the same as it always been. They have a great D line. Um, they've always, I mean, it's, it's LSU defense. That's what kind of what they've known for. That's what they, that's what got them all their wins last year. Um, this is a neutral site game. Excuse me. I mentioned earlier, this was um, yeah, not death Valley. We're yeah, in Jerry world. My bad. I, I thought that I was, I was looking through it. I was like, this doesn't make any sense to be LSU. So yeah, that's a neutral site game. That's they do all these like middle, these these conference these uh, cross conference games at neutral site, so it's kind of like uh, for LSU it's like a new look team for Miami it's like you're bringing back last year can you be bigger and better, um, so it's really good game, um, 
where are you leaning on this one, Kberg? Yeah, so I think Miami's just the sexy pick right now. Like when when you think about the turnover chain and just people just want to cheer for the U. You know what I mean? But right. I think LSU is just the more talented team all around, especially. You know, the Miami defense is returning a lot of guys, but I think LSU is really going to just lock them down. I, I think Malik Rozier is a good quarterback for um, for the Hurricanes, but – oh, yeah, Malik Rozier, sorry, is a good quarterback. But overall, I, I think that LSU just has a lot to play for. I think um, people know that or that Edo is uh, coaching for his job over there, so I think the players are really just going to try to play for him. And, and I think the matchup's pretty equal, so if you're going to give me three and a half points, I think we're going to have to side with LSU on this one. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's a cool measuring stick game early in the season. It's kind of like a what you got first week. Excuse me, but um, I'm going to be on the opposite of you. I'm riding, um, I'm riding Miami. I think you Canes? Know, yeah, I think that this is one of those ones where experience will show. You know, that offense returning seven starters, the same guys in the huddle, the same quarterback leading it. I think that's a big – especially in the first game at Jerry World, you know what I mean? I, think, I just think it's a big difference maker between the other huddle for LSU, which is going to be a new kid, new wide receiver, new this and that. So – I like Miami. I think their defense is going to be just as good. On defense, the Canes are returning eight starters, and the and their secondary is like still intact. And that was what the turnover chain was all about last year. That's where everything came from. So, I like Miami. Um, I think the points are fine. I'm looking at it right now. It says three, three and a half. So it wouldn't surprise me to see that one keep going in Miami's direction. I hate you know once you're over three, it's like you're over three. But um, I, I think you can ride the points. I, I I like Miami in that one a lot. Well, I, agree to disagree there, brother. <laughs> All right, another one we disagree on. All right, um, then we got the Monday night game. So we got Virginia Tech at Florida State. That's going to be a good one, too. Right, this one's in Florida State, correct? Yeah. Right, so this one's kind of cool. They got Willie Tiger taking over there at FA, FSU. You know, Jimbo Fisher's gone, took a huge contract over at A&M. Um, Pussy. Yeah, right. Um, I, I, don't really, I don't really have, like, a strong opinion on Jimbo Fisher. He's just one of those, like, southern like coaches like dude from florida like i just a football a different different mind than me different different everything so i think he'll i think he'll be good at a&m but i think it's interesting for fsu um to kind of see what they got because they got deandre francois coming back you know he was real i remember him being i loved betting on him last year before he went down with the injury um it's pretty serious injury i remember i think it was his knee right or it's like his legs so. francois he went down in the first game didn't he yeah yeah so I don't know. I I, remember, I think he's a stud, though. I think Francois. Right, I'm just saying it's a big injury. It can be tough to come back from, but that's what he's coming back off of. And they're supposed to have this big, like uh, now they're supposed to with Willie Tiger there be running this like up tempo offense, like a spread out attack. They got the running back Cam Akers, who's a who's a good threat out of the backfield. So they're trying to, you know, again that idea have two athletes in the back. If Francois can still definitely slow throw the ball, so it's tough tough to defend on defense. Um, defensively, Florida State has a great D line. Um, otherwise they have a little bit of a new look defense otherwise. So they're kind of going to lean on their D line and, um, it'll, it'll be up to, you know, Virginia Tech's quarterback, that kid, Josh Jackson, he's that tall skinny kid, um, to beat him basically through the air. Um, last year, just looking at it, Virginia Tech relied on their defense, 13th ranked defense, but they lost that top pick Jermaine Edwards. So they have, a, he was a stud. Yeah, obviously he's, he's an absolute stud. beast. So, I mean, that's a big thing. It's like losing, you know, just like losing a quarterback on offense, you you lose a stud like that, a guy like that on defense, it's going to be kind of a new look defense. Yeah, the, the biggest thing for me here is just that the game is at FSU. Like, right, that that house is going to be absolutely right. fucking rocking. They're, I feel like they're just going to ride the momentum. I feel like they're going to go up early and just not look back in this one. Yeah, um, they're all a little bit hurt about Jimbo heading out to AM. I don't really understand him leaving in the first place. I feel like. 
like Texas, there's so much more competition for recruits. Well, in Florida, it's just pretty much them and the Gators. So yeah, but I mean, I mean at ACC, I feel like he got caught behind uh, Dabo. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. They feel like they they got stuck with Clemson in that conference, and A and M Big Twelve is a little bit more open. Or no, he excuse uh, me, they pers- play in the SEC, but A and M now. So yeah, you're right. It is. It, yeah. I don't know. Guys move like that sometimes in college. I think there's can be a lot of behind the scenes stuff. But yeah, I, but I think DeAndre Francois is the real deal. Like I think when healthy, he's he's gonna be an absolute stud in college football. I'm excited to see what he does. I, I was really high on him last year, and it, it sucked that he got hurt early. But I, I just think Florida stayed at home. I, seven and a half sucks. I really wish I was I might gonna buy say it this line seven. now is at seven and a half, which I hate when it does that six and a half to seven and a half. I mean, I'd I'd probably venture into buying it down. So I'd buy it down to seven. But I think at home, just Florida State's gonna be too much for Virginia Tech to handle. All right, I'm gonna. I have. I. I'll be transparency. I don't have a pick on this game yet. I'm going. I'm going. We're gonna do it live. But I. I like the points. I think this is just like kind of has all the makings of a closer game than just a close game in general. I think it could be a little bit of a toss up. I'll take Virginia Tech. I like that they got that kid Jackson coming back. Um, a quarterback. You know, they still have a great defense, and they they had the confidence from last year. Like they were there. You know what I mean? They they're gonna have that attitude of like we can do it without Tremaine Edwards. You know what I mean? We we can show that we're still an elite defense. And I think talent wise and um, kind of like program wise, they're at the same level. About oh I, come right, on, I'll give Florida. Rest. I know, give I, me a I'll break. State the advantage, but I guess the points is what geeks me out. I'll take the points with Virginia Tech. Monday night game on TV. It's supposed to be close. It's kind of the idea that I'm falling into. But it's a good game. I mean, I think it'll be. An, it's an, another one of those. Like I said, I've been all over these these uh, these games, these types of like neutral site games, or excuse me, like uh, cross conference games. All right, all right. So we're gonna end off with our late night sp- special segment. So when we're all behind a little bit of money on Friday and Saturday night, we can hopefully get some back on these games. So first up, we have Colorado at Colorado State. And let me look at the line because we got to go back to Friday. So it opened up at Colorado minus six on the road. And it's anywhere between, it looks like seven and a half in most places. So the Buffs are getting some more action. But to me, um, Colorado State got fucking pumped to Hawaii in the first game. And I don't, I don't think Hawaii is that it was good. A shootout. Zero. Yeah, it was a shootout. Yeah, they lost 43 to 34. But Hawaii got off to an early start. And then um, Colorado State could never really find their way back. Um, Colorado, I feel like Colorado's kind of pulled ahead as the, the much better team in the state. Uh, I feel like they've kind of gone back and forth in the past, but I feel like the Buffs are kind of separating themselves a lot. I think Colorado's a team people are sleeping on just because they're another team that no one really watches. Yeah, they've been decent for a little while. Yeah, but I think I think the Buffs are on the rise. I think Steve Montez is going to be the quarterback for the Buffs, is going to be the best player on the field. And um, But that the kid for Colorado State actually threw 537 yards and five touchdowns against Hawaii, so... You know, this this might be a shootout, but I think Colorado obviously has a much better defense than Hawaii. So, uh, hold a gun in my head, I'd have to take the buffs on this one by seven and a half. All right. So, yeah, this one, like you said, I mean, it's kind of two teams that I don't think, you know, much the general public knows about. That This is the type of games you get with the late night specials. Um, I, I, <laughs> I mean, this, this stuff I love. I think it's so funny when you're, you're like, fuck, like, what do I got? What do I got at the end of the night here? And you're like, oh, Colorado, Colorado State. And you, like, can't even name a player. So we're trying to do some research behind it, figuring out. But I, I actually remember that kid, Steve Montez, for um, Colorado. Yeah, he's a stud. Right, right. So to me, I mean, and then that kid, that kid going off last week against Hawaii for Colorado State, that's a cool little matchup. Um. 
this one's but this one to me it kind of is on a platform of its own it's you know in-state rivalry game like colorado colorado state i just think anytime you're the home team and you're getting you know what's it at six it has a move from six um it is seven and a seven and a half so like a score plus at home in a rivalry type game with two teams that yes, Colorado is probably more talented and bringing back a little bit more experience. Colorado's way more talented. I don't know. I'm going to take Colorado state in the points. I like, I like that kind of spot for a home dog. If I can get them over a score, if I get them at seven and a half, I'll be, I'll be happy. I, I really like that line. So I'll take this kid, Carter Samuels, Carter Samuels, Carter Samuels, whatever his name is. I, I like that. He went off last week. You can at least hopefully keep him in the game. Should be high scoring. Uh, that could be another fun one to watch the over. I, I think, but it's high no, though. I mean, five touchdowns against Hawaii is like scoring five touchdowns in Pop Warner. Right. right. He could easily go off. Hawaii's he could easily sucks. have a dud. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I just like the home team getting the points. So I'll, I'll go on the opposite corner of you there. I'll take Colorado State. All right. Let's go into the next night. So Saturday night. We have two late-night games. Our first one is 1045. We have BYU going into Arizona. Um, that line opened up, I believe, at 11 or 11 and a half. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, which game was it? Sorry. Uh, BYU at Arizona. Sorry, uh, it opened at 15. And what's it at now? 11 and a half. Okay, so it's moved, and um, BYU's got some respect. Well, that's because they – I think they already had a game. So that No, they didn't. So that, that doesn't make much sense. But all right, this is um, for Arizona. It's the beginning of the Kevin Sumlin era. So he came over. He was at Texas A&M, lost his job because he couldn't do anything there. Um, <laughs> right. But, I mean, that's tough. Like, they got moved to the SEC, try to compete. Um, so he's a good coach. I mean, I think him coming to Arizona is nice. They got that kid, that uh, this kid's quarterback, Khalil Tate. I remember him from he's last year, too. Yeah. He's a fucking beast. Yeah, here's the numbers from last year. So they, they were like a big rushing – uh, team. They averaged 41.3 points per game and 498 yards per game, but 309 of that came from the rush. So they, he only threw for 180 yards, but the kid can still throw the ball. So Tate himself threw for about a buck 44 a game, 14 touchdowns, nine picks, not bad, but he would rush the ball about 14 times a game for 128 yards and he had 12 touchdowns on the year. So he's just like that dual threat quarterback, classic guy who's like carrying the offense. Um, it looks like they're returning um, receivers. They're returning their running back. But the defense struggled last year for them. Gave up 34 points a game, um, 40, 470 yards per game. But they're returning nine starters. So maybe they can make some improvements on that, bringing back a lot of the core. Um, Arizona's, again, it's the more talented team here. That's obviously with the points yeah. here. It's just one of those trying to figure out how much more talented. Um, giving you the story on BYU really quickly. Last year, the way you suck. Yeah, dude. Last year, they they were so boring. I remember betting games on them. They're boring as fuck. Their their um, offense last year averaged seventeen point one points per game. Their quarterback, this kid Tanner Magnum, <laughs> he's coming back. He threw for like one hundred ninety five yards last year per game. Eight touchdowns, nine picks. Their running back didn't do shit last game last year. So I don't know. They're they're a shitty team. I don't know where they're gonna lean on. They they're. Their defense isn't all that special. So I think I'm just taking Zona and the points and assuming I'm, I kill them. I mean, it went the other way, so take the points, right? Yeah, well, my, my biggest thing with Zona in this game is I think they're just way too explosive for BYU. And BYU can't drink alcohol at all on that campus, so that the fans aren't going to be as into it as, as other games. So I think the, the huge um, home crowd's going to really affect um, Arizona. BYU's not used to this much noise. 
but but honestly, I think it's just I think it's just like clear there's a more talented athletic team on one side and they're at home versus a team that isn't as experienced, not as talented on the other side. I, I think you right. just don't With overthink no ex- this BYU's one. My... No explosion either. They're not going to like explode on you for a couple touchdowns to keep you within the number. Like, where are they going to get their points? Yeah. This is just a classic, I think, just don't overthink this one, that Arizona is clearly the better team. They have the better players. They're at home. Um, I know that it's some points that you're going to lay, but I, I think – 11 point, 11 and a half points isn't that much at home. So I, I'm right. definitely going with Arizona on this one. And here's a, here's a, um, a little batting nugget. It's BYU 1-8 against the spread in their last nine games on the grass. They, they don't do well with blues. <laughs> they don't do well on the grass. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to be all geeked out. So um, Arizona's 5-2 against the spread in their last seven at home. So exactly what we're touching on. They know how to get it at home. BYU is a bunch of fucking nerds. So we'll take yeah, Arizona. Fuck we'll BYU. Take yeah, fuck BYU. We're gonna we're gonna bet against BYU all year. I wouldn't want my worst enemy to go to BYU for any reason. Like <laughs> that place sucks. All right. So the last game on our slate, uh, the latest game on Saturday, Navy travels travels to Honolulu, Hawaii. <laughs> so the line opened up as Navy minus thirteen and a half road favorites, and now the line is at minus eleven, pretty much everywhere. Okay. So just to pretty much summarize this one up, um, some things you might want to look for. Hurricane Lane really did a fucking number Yeah, I'll on touch Hawaii, on this so. real quick. I'm a big hurricane guy. <laughs> I, I tracked this hurricane all last week at work. I just had the National Hurricane Center up. He didn't hit him. T- I mean, he hit him hard, so they they recovered. I mean, it did they, a fucking number. I mean, it, they got like, it definitely dude, they got like, like some crazy <laughs> amount of rain in like three hours. It was like not 12 inches or some shit. They had 20-foot storm surges. They had all this shit going on, so... They, you know, they need a they need a glimmer of hope. They need the Rainbow Warriors, right? Like, they're this is a classic tragedy bounce back scenario. Uh, I don't know, but they they already won their first game. Is the thing that gets me. And my biggest thing is I hate to bet against teams who travel to Hawaii. But the only team that I'm not <laughs> afraid to travel to Hawaii is the fucking is the Navy. Navy. Yeah, like they're not used to traveling like all over the ocean. You know what I mean? This like, is basically a home game. A, yeah, this is another game for Navy. Like, I'm pretty sure half of our Navy is even stationed in Hawaii. Like, these guys are going to be thrilled to be there. Yeah, all of Pearl Harbor um, will just show up to support the boys. Yeah, but um, but looking at Navy, their quarterback is Malcolm Perry. They run the triple option a lot. Um, he's he's a little dude. He he's pretty fast. But last year, their quarterback was a guy named Zach Abbey, and he was watching him was one of the funniest. This is that Navy. Ever. They right? showed. Sorry, this is Navy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I gotcha. So. So Navy, they they showed his like picture on the screen, mm-hmm. and he's this clean cut white dude. He's the captain of the rugby team, the captain of the football team. Oh, this guy is an all American. He's in the Navy. I'm like, are you kidding me? How can you not cheer for this guy? And they moved him to wide receiver. So hopefully he'll still get some touches with the triple option. But um, for me, the way I'm looking at it, I know you want Navy based off of the uh, revenge against the Hurricane, but I think. Um, I think I think Navy's triple option is going to be something new. I don't think Hawaii really deals with that too much, and um, especially if it's going to be raining, um, Hawaii definitely likes to go through the air. And if it's raining, right. the ground game is going to be perfect for Navy, just pounding the ball with the triple option. I think Hawaii is going to be scratching their head by the end of this one. So I know I know it's some road points to lay, but I'm I'm going to take Navy by eleven. All right. Um, I mean. 
I can't watch. I can't watch what they went through and, and bet against them. I'm I'm half. <laughs> I'm, I'm a human being, you know. I mean, I'm not a perfect guy, so I'll, I'm gonna take a while. I'm gonna just take the story. Like, um, I mean, I have joke and I have not. I think they will. They'll come back. You know, they'll see that it was affected by the hurricane. They'll be. They'll have something to play for. Um, the quarterback, yeah, he didn't do. He didn't do terrible last week. Looks like he threw 26 to 37 for 418 to three touchdowns. He ran the ball too, 96 yards, two touchdowns. So he's a little bit of a threat. Um, I mean, cause he, the other thing is like, you got Navy coming on the road, laying points. It's not like they're going to run away and hide. Right. Like, well, that's all they do is they, they get the lead and then they just keep doing the same fucking right, thing over and over again. Out. Like, so I think it's, they, they milk the clock, but they, they score every time. Right. right. They, <laughs> it's like, exactly. It's like a nine minute drive with a touchdown or an eight minute drive with a field goal. But, um, I don't know. I mean, I think that, that is a little bit of a formula for Hawaii to at least hang around and then you get a backdoor cover out of it for the, for the sake of it. Um, so yeah, I mean, my opinion is pretty clear. I'm, I'm going to take Hawaii and just, and just ride the rainbow warriors. Like any good man should. It depends on the jerseys for me, to be honest. <laughs> if they wear the, the pussy white ones, then I might they have definitely some nice go Davy. They can whip out. If they I wear really like, like the like black and green. Yeah. Those things are pretty nuts. So, all right. So the last segment that we have, Wait, do you think we lock. should, should we go through and review all the picks? Uh, we'll do, do the lock first and then we'll. Then we'll go out after one lock. And review everything. One lock. Your number one. Your favorite bet. All right. So we'll track these week to week. We'll see whose locks are really coming through. These are your ride or die picks. Okay. I, I got to take a look at it. Real I know. Quick. Me too. I'm, I'm trying to you. pick my favorite. Um. I think I have mine. I'm ready when you are. Why don't you go first? Just so um, I make sure it's mine's not the same. All right. Mine. You. We have the same one. If it comes down to it, but mine would have to be one of the later games that we just talked about. Um, it would be Arizona, Arizona versus our good friends BYU, the the non drinkers. Um, like like I said I earlier, I mean I know I I just think that Arizona is just a far superior team. They're at home. I, I just don't see any reasons how they wouldn't cover the eleven and a half. Uh, I think the explosiveness of the offense. Just everything, everything I'm reading, everything I'm seeing, just points directly to Arizona, and especially even if you break it down as far as quarterback play, uh, Arizona's quarterback is far superior, and he he's just going to score touchdowns all day long. And I don't think BYU has that, especially away. So um, I will take Arizona eleven and a half as my lock of the week. I like that. I like that too because it's a late night special. So that is just a absolute a double win. <laughs> yeah, for you that Saturday, you have the whole slate beforehand to just get reckless to just know that. No matter where you're at, you're going to be going big on Arizona late Saturday night. That'll be placed at some bar bathroom. But I like there's going to be there's going to be a triple figure, (laughs) (laughs) triple figure bet on that one. So I love it. All right, all right, all right. I've decided mine. Um, I'm going to go later in the week too. I do like my locks too. I mean, I guess you can't really control when a lock comes about, but I really like having a favorite game to like that idea to lean back on. It's kind of the end of the slate when you've, you know thrown it you've gone you've gone toe for toe for 10 12 games and you may be up and down a little bit you either want to bounce back or get reckless with a little bit of winnings you have um so i like that sunday night game miami lsu that's the one that we got at jerry world right uh yep All right, i love that i love the idea of that because i think miami thrives there um i think that um, there's no real road team you got a straight neutral site game with two different looking teams two different situations with like i mentioned miami bringing all the guys back relying on that nasty defense that this kid at LSU is going to have to try to beat um, with, you know, he's got the stud wide receiver, but they haven't played together before. 
you're in the bright lights. I just, I think it's a really good spot for Miami to go out there and, and show that they're still a real team. They were, I remember at their height last year, I know that it was hyped up, but they were a really, really good football team. And I think that they're going to, they're going to show it. So that's my lock's going to be Miami. All right. Sounds good. So you want to take it from the top? You want to, you want to bat lead off here? Yeah. Me to go I ahead? think we should go through the ones. Um, I think, let's see how many sames we have. I'm just counting up. Uh, right well, now. let's just go through everyone, Renny. So the first game, it was UCF at UConn. The line was 23 and a half. Double down had UCF. I had UConn. Right. In the second game, we had Northeastern at Purdue. Northwestern. Northwestern. Big, oh, sorry, Northwestern. School. I'm thinking of, yeah, I'm thinking of uh, the local teams here. Yeah. The line was one and a half. I had Northwestern. Daily had the under. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing the under out there. I really think that's a – I like that one. All right, the next game, it would be San Diego State at Stanford. The line is 14.5. We both were on San Diego State. Yep. Um, After that, it is Colorado at Colorado State. I was on Colorado on the road by 7.5. Daly was on Colorado State. So we're different on that one too. Right. Home dogs. (laughs) <laughs> give me the home they dogs flee. they fleece um, <laughs> next game we have Oregon State at Ohio State the line is Ohio by 38 and a half <laughs> right. and I have Ohio State double down has Oregon State he's going with the Beavers on that one 31-3 they're going to lose and cover yeah I don't, I don't know about that one <laughs> so the next one uh, we got Old Miss, and they're at Texas Tech. I have Texas Tech by minus two, and Daly has the over. No matter how high it gets. No matter how high it gets, baby. So the next one, we have FAU at Oklahoma. And FAU, we both have FAU plus 21. Does that look good? Yep. Yep, I love that one. All right, next game, the Minutemen. Of Massachusetts. This will be our most, BC. Yep, our most covered game. We'll have eyes on Yeah, it. this is going to be – well, if UMass – if UMass somehow covers its 18 points, double down is going to look like a real 88. We might sub them out of the show. So, <laughs> UMass, I have them at plus 18. Double down has I'm not, Boston College minus 18. Yeah, I'm not sweating the points. <laughs> I would sweat big time if I were you. The next game, we have Washington, and they're playing against Auburn. We both have Washington, Washington plus two with the chance of a money line bet on there. Yeah, well, I, I bet that'll be closer to. I don't, I don't know where it will be at, but um, yeah, that's not neutral, so I want it's in Atlanta. But I like Washington. Yep, we both like them a lot. Both there. Too. Yeah, and then we have West Virginia playing against Tennessee. Yeah, we love West Virginia. We, we both said fuck Tennessee plus <laughs> ten. We want West Virginia minus ten. Mm-hmm. Um, besides that, we got Wazoo at Wyoming in the huge movement game. Which we, we, we might have to do some more research. On I know. I feel like we're going to be yeah. suckers on that one. Like, it's just, it's like, it looks, it looks like it. it I know we didn't. It looks it, too good to be true. It looks like it a gift lock, on Christmas. It looks like the easiest money on the board, in my opinion. And we both have Wazoo minus one at Wyoming. I love it. All right. Keep on scrolling down. Uh, this is where we differ again. So we have Cincinnati at UCLA. And I have Cincy plus 15, and Double Down has the over. 
Yep. Like a fucking fag. He's just not touching the game like a little pussy. Oh, I'm touching it. Touching the points. <laughs> Next game, we have Michigan at Notre Dame. Is that neutral site, too? No, that's at Notre Dame. That's at yeah, Notre that's Dame. That's ballsy and on us. We're going road on an team even line. We, die, yeah. we both have Michigan. Uh, besides that, next game, we have Louisville at Bama. I think that's definitely neutral site, isn't it? Yeah, that's the Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Yeah, It'll, so, it'll be Bama um, fans, dude. They're insane. They'll, they'll, they'll take yeah. it over. So. so we both have Bama, minus 24.5. Keep on scrolling down. Yeah, then we got your lock. BYU, we, we got the late night specials. Right. Um, my lock, one that we both agree on, Zona. BYU, the fucking virgin non-alcoholic pussies at Arizona. We said bear down, 11 and a half. We'll take Arizona there. Yeah. Next game, we differ. We have Navy traveling on their boats to Hawaii, which is basically a neutral site game. And I have Navy minus 11. Double down has Hawaii plus 11. Yeah. Right after the hurricane. Yeah. All right. The second last game, we have Miami versus LSU at Jerry World. Yeah. Double down has Miami minus three and a half. I have LSU plus three and a half. Multiple unit play on Miami right there. Yeah, he loves Miami. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's correct on that one. All right, and last but not least, Virginia Tech at Florida State. About a score. Double down is with Virginia Tech plus seven and a half, and I am on Florida State buying them down to seven. And that pretty much sums it up for this first week of college football. So – Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. We'll be sure to keep our tallies up on the board. We'll be back for the NFL next week too, hopefully. So uh, we'll keep our scoreboard up there. Double Down, you got any last words? No, I mean, this is a good week. We're going to get it started. Um, I think, you know, I think we, we looked into it pretty good. We got everything out of it we wanted to for opening week. You know, you can only learn so much about these teams. So let's just see if we're uh, – let's see what we got. I think, I, think, I think the board's looking pretty good right now staring at it. So I'm excited. All right. Until next week, everybody, have a good one.